is Miriam Knight of New Consciousness Review speaking to Jonathan Goldman, a pioneer in the field of sound healing for over 30 years. Jonathan has produced dozens of highly acclaimed books and CDs, and um, he believes that his latest book, The Divine Name, is the culmination of his work and that it has potential for extraordinary healing and transformation of individuals and the planet. Jonathan, in your book, The Divine Name, that you refer to is the Tetragrammaton, the four letters of God's name in the Hebrew Bible. The name is considered so holy that it is never pronounced except when it was pronounced by the high priest in the Holy of Holies, and its sound has been lost over time. After all of these millennia, why and how was this sound revealed to you? And why now? <laughs> Miriam, thank you for asking me such an absolutely easy question <laughs> to answer. I can tell you how it was revealed to me. Uh, as to why, um, that well may have to do with, uh, if you like, the um, dedication in the book that says that it is time for my name to be revived, lest it be forgotten. So on a level, perhaps, I like to feel that the divine name is actually a divinely inspired name, and it came to me in dream time. Now, I just want to suggest that uh, the idea of uh, really important information coming through dream time is not that unusual. And, you know, even someone as, shall we say, left-brained as James Watson, the discoverer of DNA, had initially a dream of a spiral staircase which led to his discovery of uh, DNA as being a double helix. So for myself, I uh, awakened from a dream, and in this dream, I was basically, as I was coming back to waking state of consciousness, I was told to sound vowel sounds in a particular sequence. Now for 15 years before that I had been working with a series of vowel sounds that I had developed to resonate the chakras, the energy centers of the body. And I had actually gone from the root or the base, which is at the base of the spine, all the way going up to the top of the head. And um, that was how I had done it all these years. So in the dream I was told to actually sound the chakras from the top of the head to the base of the spine going back up again. And Miriam, I have to tell you that it was a little bit like somebody who would become so indoctrinated that they counted from one to ten and didn't know how to count from ten to one. So I literally had to write down these vowel sounds and then I sounded it. Two things happened. When I made this sound, the first thing that happened, which was something I expected, was that I felt the energy go from the top of my head down to the base of my spine and then back out the top of my head. It was extremely powerful, but it was something that I expected. But the thing I did not expect was that I heard this tetragrammaton, this divine, sacred name of God that had basically been lost and forgotten for about 2,500 years, and my thoughts were that I had discovered something very, very sacred and very, very powerful 
and very, very important. Wow. So how would you describe the power of this name? What effects did you experience personally? Well, the first effect that I experienced was feeling the sound go from the top of my head, my crown, down to the uh, base of my, uh, uh, if you like, a tailbone, the root chakra back up. And that unto itself was an extraordinarily uh, powerful experience. One could almost uh, equate it to uh, the concept of spirit coming into matter and then going back out into spirit, which is how many of the Kabbalists actually describe the effects of the divine name. But uh, other things that, of course, happened when I began to teach this to other people were not only did they experience the same phenomena, which I, I thought was outrageous because it wasn't just, if you like, a, a thought or if you like a good idea, or for want of a better term, a theoretical concept, it actually was a technique that provided a uh, real outcome for people. Not only do they feel this energetic, uh, if you like, response going from the top of the head back uh, to the body and then back out again, but also it really altered their consciousness so they seemed to be able to get in touch with that aspect of ourself that we might call the divine. Wow. Now, in your book, you say that the name, uh, it, it's not just the, the sounding of the name, but it's also the intent behind it. It's, it's the whole gestalt, if you will. Yes, uh, that's very, very true and a great point. And again, thank you for uh, bringing that up because uh, the sound unto itself is very, very important. And as uh, I write about and mention in the book uh, numerous times that this uh, divine name is not a name to be spoken, but one which must be intoned and vocalized in this extended series of vowel sounds. And these vowel sounds, of course, are universal, found in all the different traditions. And they are not only uh, non-denominational, but they are also transdenominational. So after years of hesitating to, to bring this out into the world, um, you decided that now is the time to te actually teach others the technique of intoning this name, and you've even included an instructional CD with your book. What are you hoping that this will achieve? You know, Marion, I realize that I have not answered your last question, which was simply about the importance, first of all, of what I call either intent or visualization or really just the energy of prayer when it's encoded upon sound. I think that is so important. And uh, I knew as I was talking that there was a piece that, was, uh, that I was missing. So first, let me just answer that one. And that simply is the fact that uh, many, many years ago, when I was first uh, receiving uh, my master's degree from Leslie University, I came upon this formula for why and how sound works. And it's this frequency, which is, if you like, a metaphor for the sound, plus intent, which is the energy or the consciousness of the sound, equals healing. Now, the reality is that we can make the sound of the divine name, the tetragrammaton, but unless we apply certain, if you like, principles and practices that I have in the book, we are, if, at best, 
as I use as a metaphor, it's a little bit like uh, having a piece of plastic fruit or a uh, piece of styrofoam pe peanut, which looks like something but doesn't have the nourishment or sustenance in it. So it's this combination of the sound plus the energy, the consciousness encoded upon the sound that really creates the extraordinary, extraordinary effect of the sound. Well, it, it's really the thought behind it, isn't it? It's, it's the thought yes. that generates the intent, that generates the, 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 that combines with the sound. Right, and, and it's interesting. One point that I uh, make in the book and that I've been sharing with people is that, from my perspective, it's as simple as this. Sound amplifies prayer. That's why a majority of the prayer on this planet is spoken aloud. And actually, the word for prayer is not, uh, you know, a lot of people perceive of it as being a petition, asking for something, but in reality, it really means to commune, or almost to communicate with the divine. So here we have a sound that allows you to really commune with the divine. And it's extraordinary. Jonathan, would it be appropriate for you to let us hear this sound? I'd like to suggest... Uh, because it's such a powerful and very, very important sound to me that when I make it, I really need to get myself in a particular state of consciousness, which is uh, written about and described in the book, including creating a coherence between my heart, my brain, and the, if you like, uh, field on this planet, so that I'd like to suggest that um, people simply go to the website thedivinename.com and they'll be able to hear an excerpt of this. Great. And that would be, uh, for me, the, the best thing just to honor the sacredness and power of this name. Now, I did want to also um, suggest that when we as a species get together and we, if you like, make intentionalized sound, if you like, prayerful sound, um, what happens is that our prayers and meditations coupled with sound can cooperatively be used to interface with the field of consciousness surrounding this planet. And therefore this energy can actually change the world, helping us to make a quantum leap in our evolution. I think that's so very, very, very important, Miriam. So you, you actually have sounding rooms on this website, don't you, where people can intone different sounds. Ah, you were talking about the Temple of Sacred Sound. Right, right. Uh, which is a wonderful website that we created um, some years ago for some different events, including World Sound Healing Day. And in particular, there are a number of different uh, toning chambers, but the one I particularly uh, recommend to people who are working with the divine name is to uh, go to the ah uh, toning chamber because actually encoded in that extraordinary ah sound which is the sound of thousands of people throughout the planet making sound is the divine name I actually have encoded that in there this is the first time I have acknowledged this publicly but yes it is there and maybe one of the reasons why the ah chamber is among the favorite uh, places for people to go to sound. 
Jonathan, how would you describe the power of the divine name and what effects have you experienced personally? And I particularly um, was impressed by a series of photographs that you had in your book, that Curlian photographs that were taken in, in a sequence as you were intoning the name. They were absolutely amazing. Aren't they extraordinary? Miriam, I'm going to, you asked me two questions, so I'm going to try to break them into two particular aspects if I can. Sure. Uh, first, since I'm there, I'd like to suggest that uh, after I had written uh, my book, The Divine Name, and sent it into the publisher, the day after I uh, had sent it to the publisher, I was at a, um, what is called the International New Age Trade Show, which takes place in Denver, and I was walking around, and there was a Aura photography uh, camera, camera uh -huh. booth there, and they said, "Please sit down and do this." And I really didn't have any urge to do it, but for some reason, something guided me to sit down, and I began to intone the divine name. And I heard all these oohs and ahs, and the fellow who um, was doing it basically said. Would you do it again? And I, of course, made the sound again. I heard more, more oohs and ahs, and he actually gave me a uh, CD of this, and I was able to take some uh, pictures from this to include in the book. And what's interesting is that at first, before I make the um, sound, there's literally nothing happening. Then you, it's almost as though you see a white cloud beginning to come out of my mouth. The cloud continues to envelop my face and head, and then my head literally... Uh, disappears in this white uh, cloud. And what's interesting with these aura imaging cameras is it's usually you just notice some little changes in color in a person's field. Nothing like this had ever been seen before. It was quite outrageous. <laughs> it was. And, and personally, ha what, what have you experienced since you started using this name? And you've been doing it for about 15 years, haven't you? Yes, I have. And uh, as I may have mentioned, when I make the sound of the divine name, the first thing that happens is that I feel the energy go from the top of my head, travel down my body, go to the base of my spine, and then come back out again. That's the first thing that happens every time I make that sound, and it's outrageous. Is this like what people describe as a kundalini uh, rising? Um, I am not sure because the kundalini rising... Uh, that I have uh, read about seems to be a very, very almost overpowering experience for people, and this isn't. I've taught it to people. They experience this. They become attuned with the divine. Um, they have these extraordinary um, deep inner meditations, but it's uh, nothing that seems to uh, affect them uh, on a detrimental level, which, of course, you know, from readings of uh, Kundalini rising is not something uh, that I think everyone should experience, but mm. the divine name, I think, is. I, see. I, think we've, I think we've reached the point in our planetary evolution where we actually need to learn to do the divine name. And this is because, uh, among other things, this planet is in a particularly interesting uh, point of turmoil. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And a lot of the imbalances on this planet are things that have been man-made created. Whether it's global warming or any of the different things, what if we as a species were able 
to enhance our abilities and our powers as humans taking, as I said, a quantum leap in evolution to the degree that we could assist in working with the planet to create a state of health and balance for ourselves and for the planet ourselves. You know, the last line in the book, which I think is so important, we heal the planet, we heal ourselves, we heal ourselves and we heal the planet. Thank you. So people can learn more by going to your website, which is healingsounds.com, as well as the other um, websites that we mentioned. Right. We've got the Temple of Sacred Sound, which is the uh, wonderful toning chamber there. And we also have, for those who want specific information on the divine name, thedivinename.com. Great. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jonathan. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Miriam. Thank you. This is Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com. Thank you for listening, and do join us next time. Goodbye. Thank you.